Good morning, everybody. It's good to see everybody this morning. We're going to be in the book of 2 Corinthians this morning. We're going to do a, a short detour with it being Thanksgiving season from our normal, uh, our normal um, routine and uh, look at some uh, thoughts on Thanksgiving uh, this week and then next week and the next two weeks actually Michael will be filling the pulpit and I'm um, going to take a little bit of a, a study break if you will. I, I have some classes that are coming to a close in my, in my, in my uh, education and I have lots of papers to write. So I actually have 21 papers to write in the next two weeks. So yeah, so you can be in prayer for me about that. And it's, it's, it's not, it has nothing to do with procrastination at all. <laughs> Everything to do with my teachers and professors. So no, uh, I do have a lot of work to do the next couple of weeks. I appreciate Michael being willing to fill in and... Uh, He'll be bringing the word next week, so please be, be here and be faithful to the Lord, and I believe you'll be blessed and encouraged. Um, 2 Corinthians, and we'll be in chapter number 9 this morning. I just want to encourage you with some thoughts on how to... The title of this morning is A Cycle of Thanksgiving, and I just want to give you some thoughts this morning from God's word on how to create in your life, uh, in, your, in your life, in your community in your church, in your um, family, in all these different areas that you uh, partake in each day, I want to talk to you a little bit about how to create a cycle that is a cycle of thanksgiving, a cycle of thankfulness. At the end of the ninth chapter of 2 Corinthians, uh, the Apostle Paul is writing to the Corinthian church about uh, a a gift, uh, an offering that, that he's gathering up for the church in Jerusalem. And at the very end of this chapter, he's concluding uh, his instructions on this. And he, he gives us just a, a kind of a, um, a practical application, a practical system to how we can learn to be thankful. And the emphasis of the passage here is thankfulness. So let's just read it together and then... Um, we'll pray and, and, and look at some truths here. The Bible says in verse number 10, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. And so you can underline that there. We're going to produce by this process that we see at the beginning, it's going to ultimately produce thanksgiving to God. Verse number 12, for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but it is also overflowing in many thanksgiving to God, or in much thanksgiving to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them, for all others, while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. And then the last verse is, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. And we'll talk a little bit about what that gift is, but before we get into that, let's just pray together. 
Father, we do thank you for this day. Thank you so much for the season that you've set aside, uh, that we've set aside, and even as a culture, to, to be thankful. And I just pray that we would be, that we would be able to find um, reasons in this difficult, challenging time to be thankful, to be glorifying to you for all that you've done and for who you are. Um, please bless our time together this morning as we unfold this, your word. May it uh, be your word, and may we receive it as if it were your word and be able to develop some patterns in our life that will be glorifying to you. We'll give you the thanks and the praise for it in Christ's name. Amen. Thanksgiving is not only an enjoyable holiday that we celebrate in the month of November, but it is an attitude and a spirit. Uh, it is a gift from God that should permeate every believer's life. It should be something that is a natural outflowing of um, being born again, of being a follower of Christ. We should be a thankful type of people. Again, it's not just a season. It's not just a, a, an external thing or something that's a fleshly thing, but it's, it's truly something that overflows from your heart. And that's why you, you see in our text here the idea of an overflowing, something that's overflowing out of us, resulting in thanksgiving towards God. Thanksgiving can be defined as the, the statement of good job, the statement of expressing hope, joy, peace, and rest. In other words, when you tell somebody thank you, you're saying to them that you believe that what they have done is good. You believe that what they have done is right. You agree, you're agreeing with what they have done, and you are, you are affirming, if you will, what they have done. In, in many ways, it's like saying amen. You're in agreement with it. Thank you for doing that. That was very kind of you, or that was very nice of you. On the other end of the spectrum, being unthankful is like saying you've done a bad job. And when you're not thankful or when you murmur and complain, you are saying to the one that you're murmuring and complaining to or to the one that you're murmuring and complaining about, you're saying that you have done a poor job. You've done a bad job. You're expressing frustration. You're expressing worry. And you're expe expressing a lack of faith in, in what has been done. And one of the reasons why in the Old Testament when God's children were journeying in so many places that God put such a strong emphasis on the children of Israel being thankful and a strong emphasis on condemning them for being unthankful or murmuring and complaining is that when they murmured and complained, it wasn't just a reflection on them, it was a reflection on Him. When we murmur and complain, it's a reflection on the one that we are uh, that is in authority over us, right? When we murmur and complain, if we say that we serve a sovereign God and we then live our lives murmuring and complaining, it says that our sovereign God is not a good sovereign God. So, so murmuring and complaining is like saying to somebody that they've done a bad job, and ultimately, obviously, all of this reflects on God. But thankfulness is like saying to somebody, good job, appreciate what you've done. When, when we're thankful to God, it is an acknowledgement that we have accepted him as being good. And we have accepted whatever he has done also as being good. And uh, in the times that we live in today, in the circumstances that we're in, and the situations that we're involved in with, with, the, with the health situation, with um, the politics that are going on, there's a lot of things that people can find a lot of negatives in. And we can become murmurers and complainers, can't we? The Bible tells us in the book of Philippians, do all things without 
without grumbling and complaining, right? Without murmuring and complaining. I tell you, folks, if we could learn that principle, if we could learn that truth, it would transform our lives. And it's not just a truth for, it's not just a truth for the world, it's a very, very special and significant truth to the, to the body of Christ because we're a reflection of God. We're a reflection of a people who believe or, or confess to be followers of the one who is sovereign over all of the stuff that's going on. So we can walk away from difficult situations and we can conclude that God is in control of that situation in that circumstance. It has a purpose, and the purpose for which it is either allowed by God or, or, or orchestrated by God is a good purpose. It's a good thing. It doesn't always make sense to us, but we can always conclude that whatever God is working out has a good purpose to it. Everything that God does is good, right? And everything that God allows is good. It's, it, it has, it, it, and it may not necessarily be good in this life, but when you look at it from an eternal perspective, there is, there is good to be found in it. So when you think of thankfulness as being a way of saying good job to God, then it's always right to be thankful. And you think of unthankfulness as a way of saying bad job to God, it's never okay to be unthankful. It's never okay to murmur and complain, and that's what the Scriptures teach us. Scripture has much to say about being thankful. Matter of fact, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it tells us, in everything, give thanks. I believe that Jared read that verse in, in his introduction. In every situation, in every circumstances, we are to be thankful. This is not an optional thing. It is a commanded thing. So can you be murmuring and complaining and be thankful at the same time? You can't, can you? One of the greatest, uh, greatest antithesis to or uh, cures of murmuring and complaining is thankfulness. It is seeing God's work in every situation and in every circumstance. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I've often had people come to me and say, Pastor John, I just want to know what God's will is for my life, Right? I just want to know what God wants for me. Can, can God just tell me what he wants for me? He does tell us what he wants for us. He says, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Can it be any plainer than that? We have to, we have to in that, we have to know that he's commanding us to be thankful. Luke chapter 17, verse number 11 through 19, tells us that thankfulness is evidence of saving faith. There are 10 lepers there that are all healed of their leprosy. One comes back and he thanks the Lord for healing him of his leprosy. And the Lord says to him, your faith has made you whole. And this is not referring to him being cured of his leprosy. This is referring to him being cured of his sin. So so thankfulness is commanded. Thankfulness is evidence of saving faith. And according to Ephesians 5 and verse 20, thankfulness is a evidence of being full of the Holy Spirit. He says, um, I'm going to try to quote it to you, but he says, don't be drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And then he says in the next verse, giving thanks for all things, singing and making melodies in your heart. It's, It's this it's, it's the weird person that walks around with just joy overflowing out of them when everything around them says you shouldn't have any joy. 
When we look at a drunk person, somebody who has lost their faculties because of, a, because of a substance, we see somebody who's completely not in control of themselves and they're doing things that are not normal for them. The Lord compares that to being filled with the Holy Spirit. When everything around you says, don't be joyful, but yet you're walking around singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. It's a difficult thing to do, but it's, it's an evidence of the Spirit of God living within you. Matter of fact, it, the Spirit of God living within you is a prerequisite to having this type of joy, to being a thankful person. You may be here with us this morning, and you may say, oh, I don't have any thankful heart, uh, Pastor John. I don't, I'm not thankful about anything. Matter of fact, pretty much everything I look at in life is negative. What you need is the Spirit of God. You need God's Spirit to come and dwell inside of you, and when He comes to live inside of you, He'll bring His thankfulness to you. It'll be a gift to you, and you'll be thankful. It's commanded. It's an evidence of saving faith. It's an evidence of being full of the Spirit. Unthankfulness, in Jude 14 and verse 16, unthankfulness is an evidence of ungodliness. I want you just to turn there, if you would, because I think it's a, it's a very powerful, short portion of scripture that really describes for us an unthankful heart and really uh, makes it look really, really bad, which is the way it should look. Jude um, verse 14, it's just one chapter. Um, the Bible says, it is also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his holy ones to act to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way. If you missed it, it says ungodly over and over again. The harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against God. These are grumblers, malcontents or discontented people, Following their own sinful desires, they are loud-mouthed boasters showing favoritism to gain advantage. Both the terms grumbler and malcontents carry with it the idea of being unthankful. I believe that many versions actually use the term they are not thankful in this passage of Scripture. It's an evidence of ungodliness. 2 Timothy chapter number 3, where the Lord says, in the last days, perilous times will come. And it talks about all of this, all of this perilous stuff that's going to take place when the Lord's judgment is about to fall. And one of the things that he says in the midst of it is that people will become unthankful. And then in Romans 1, which is probably the most... Um, the most clear explanation of the depravity of man's heart. There really isn't a, a greater explanation of man's depravity. And guess what it says right in the middle of it? They will, they, will, they will worship the creation more than the creator, and they will be unthankful. So it's a, it's a sign. Unthankfulness is an evidence of ungodliness. It's an evidence of God's judgment getting ready to fall. And it is an evidence of the depravity of man's heart. It's an evidence of, of a lost condition. To have a life of thankfulness is not an easy task. Matter of fact, it's, it's impossible. It is impossible to live life in the world that we live in and be thankful in every situation and for everything lest we have the power of God's Spirit living within us. 
So I want to talk to you this morning from this passage of Scripture in 2 Corinthians about just a way to develop a system or a cycle of thankfulness in your life. But before we do that, I'm going to give you two things that are necessary before you can even get to this cycle. It's like, how do we get this cycle rolling? We'll get there. But before you get to this cycle, notice two things. Number one is you have to be born again. You'll never have a thankful heart. I'm not saying that you'll never say thank you to somebody, right? There's a difference between saying thank you to somebody and having a thankful heart. Where you're you're just simply overflowing with thankfulness. You're overflowing with with joy. You're overflowing with, with positive perspectives of God. You're seeing God in light of his strength and his power and his goodness. You're seeing God for who he is. You can't do that. You'll never be able to do that without God's spirit living inside of you. You must be born again. That's what, that's what uh, Jesus says to Nicodemus in John 3. You must, you must be born again. If you're not a believer in Christ, a follower of Christ, then you need to repent of your sins this morning and give your life to Jesus Christ. He will give you a new heart. He will give you a new life. He will give you a new direction. He will give you a new hope. He will give you a new vision. He will give you a new everything. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anybody be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If you don't have what God says every believer has, you need to get Jesus. You need to get on his side. You need to have him living inside of you, and you need to be inside of him. In, in, in his church, and in, in, in him. You must be born again. I think sometimes we go through life and we don't have any of the things that God says that we should have on the inside of us, like the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5. And we walk through life and we think, well, I'm okay because I go to church and I put money. We do all these external things, but we know there's nothing inside of us that's changed. There's no new creature. There's no new creation. We should be fearful of that. We should be afraid of that. And when we feel that way, we should run to Jesus and say, Jesus, please change me. Please change me. Please transform me. Please, please give me what you require of me. We must be born again. You must be born again. And the Bible says that the, the being born again comes through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. You've got to repent of who you are and put your faith in Christ. He he has done everything necessary for your salvation. But not only do we need to be born again, but we need to be filled with the Spirit. We don't only need to be indwelt by the Spirit, we need to be controlled by the Spirit. He needs to be the one in, in control in your heart and in your life. That's why it says, do not be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. The idea of being filled with the Spirit is, the, is, is being controlled by the Spirit. It's when He has full authority in your life. He has full say-so. Christians can grumble. Christians can grumble. They ought not to, but Christians can grumble. I mean, right? (laughs) Come on, everybody. Christians can grumble. We can grumble, can't we? We can complain. We can murmur. When we do that, the issue is not what the issue is not I'm not saved. The issue is I'm not controlled. I'm not being controlled by the Spirit of God. So we need to be born again. The beginning of it, you have to have that new heart. You have to have that transformation inside of you that takes place, and then you have to learn to surrender yourself to the power of the Spirit of God that lives inside of you. 
And then the fruits of the Spirit will come out. Love, joy, peace, complaining. Oh, did I? <laughs> it's not in there, is it? Love, joy, peace, patience, and, and, and you know the rest. We've got to be born again. We've got to be controlled by the Spirit of God. And I'm not going to go into a lot of how you can be controlled by the Spirit of God because we don't have time. But, but be in the Word, be in prayer. You know, those are the things that are going to help you to be submitted to the will of God. So now, let's look at this cycle. Once we've got those two things down, let's create a cycle. Let's get a cycle rolling in our lives, uh, a discipline, if you will, that will help us to be thankful people. So thankfulness begins in verse number 10. He who supplied seeds to the, seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Okay, so be, remember this. Thankfulness begins with the provider. Thankfulness begins, and, and if you're taking notes, I put down a generous provider. I'm gonna, it will be alliterated, so it might help you remember it. A generous provider Thankfulness begins when we, when we recognize and realize that we are connected to God. When we have faith in God's ability and God's goodness. When we realize that everything that we have in this life that is good comes from Him. The Bible tells us in James 2.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. In other words, as we go throughout this, so here, think about it this way. The goodness of God, it, all things good come from God, and it's not like a shadow. So if we sit here throughout this day, right now you're in the sun and it feels good, right? About five hours from now, you, this whole area is going to be in a shadow, and it's not going to be in the sun any longer. It's going to be in a shadow. The Bible says that the goodness of God is not like a shadow. It means it doesn't come and go. It's constant. It's consistent. The goodness of God is always present in the life of his people. We don't always recognize the goodness of God in the life of his people. We don't always see it as being the goodness of God, but the goodness of God is always present in the life of his people. We must recognize who we are connected to, who we are servants of, who we are, who is our father, who is our king. We must become familiar with that if we're going to be, be followers, if we're going to be thankful followers of Christ. Philippians 4, 19, many of you know this verse, and my God will supply all of your needs, right? Do we believe that still? I remember that. I remember when as a kid growing up, that's like one of the first verses that you learned in Sunday school. My God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Do we believe that to be true? And the answer is, is yes, we do believe that to be true. We have become questioners of the, of the power and of the ability of God in these types of situations. Psalm 50, uh, Psalms 50, I'm, I'm going to just encourage you to read it in your own time. Verses 7 through 15, the Bible talks fully about the ability of our God. Our God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Everything is his. And he even says in that passage, if you read it in your own time, he says, God will not ask of us things who owns everything. He has everything at his, at, in his possession and at his whim. 
We must realize that. We must acknowledge him as the provider of all things, and we must accept the fact that he is capable of doing whatever is right and good. So it begins with a generous provider. If you're going to be a thankful person, you're going to have to recognize that you're connected to, from a family perspective, you're connected to an extraordinarily powerful and wealthy provider. It's not always mean. It all, doesn't always mean he's going to provide. He does, it's not always referring to physical things, but really spiritual things. Look at what he says in the text. He says, he says that he who supplies seed to the sower. Thank you. <laughs> For anyone who drives a motorcycle in here, Darren, that's perfectly fine, brother. Perfect. He's just making his part of the sermon, and then he's on his way. He's giving his effort. That's amen from a motorcycle driver. <laughs> All right, listen, here's what he says. Supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your, of your what? Of your righteousness. The harvest of your righteousness. It's, it's what the Lord is doing in you and working. It's not even necessarily physical a, a blessing or abundance, but a spiritual blessing and abundance. That's really what we need anyway, isn't it? The Lord, the physical stuff takes care of itself. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So we have a generous provider. Number two, we must be a gifted people. The Lord says in the text here that you will be enriched in verse number 11. You will be enriched in every way. The word enriched here means to be, to be gifted, to be blessed, to be given. You will be blessed. You will be enriched. You will be gifted in every way. This whole context is talking about this gift of grace, the gift and the ability to be able to receive and give. That's what it's talking about. And the apostle Paul says, I want you to be not just, um, not just capable in all of the other spiritual gifts, but I also want you to be blessed in the spiritual gift of giving. So we have to see ourselves, you have to recognize it, that you are a gifted person. You are a blessed person. You are a, you are a conduit of God's goodness and God's grace. God has connected you to him through his son, right? Through Christ, you have been connected to God. You have now harmony with him, and now you have become a conduit through which God is going to accomplish his purposes in this world. You have to see yourself as a gifted person. And God has gifted you both spiritually and some of you physically and some of you financially. God has gifted you in a certain way so that you can minister that to other people. We must recognize that. Our gifting is, built, is meant to build the kingdom of God and to glorify his name. But if we don't see ourselves as gifted, we walk around through life, we don't see ourselves as connected, we don't see ourselves as a conduit, we'll never do any more or produce any more thanksgiving to God than what we can produce on our own. This is a way to create a cycle of thanksgiving. This is a way to turn this church into a thankful church. This is a way to turn your community into a thankful community. This is a way to turn your family into a thankful family. This is a way to create a system or a cycle of thankfulness. You have to see yourself as being gifted by God. 
1 Corinthians 12, 17, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And then Ephesians 2 and verse 7 says, so that in the ages to come, the Lord might show his immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. We see, first of all, that we have to build around a, general, a generous provider. We must acknowledge that we are gifted people. We are, we are enriched people. We are blessed people. And we are blessed people. We sit out here in our alley church this morning. Amen. And, and this is a blessing. I, I looked online and I was looking through some different um, Facebook posts this morning. And churches were like, we're, we're going back online. We're not going to have services in person. Uh, and I felt bad for them because I'm thankful that we can be out here having services this morning. And we can be together and we can worship together. I appreciate Zach leading worship. And we can't, you can't have that. Even if we're outside, it doesn't matter. The Lord has, Jared prayed, the Lord has blessed us with a wonderful, it feels good out here. I know some of you are dressed up really warmly, and I thought some were coming from Nebraska today out here to visit us. Yeah, but you know what? It's, it's good to be out here, isn't it? I tell you something, we could all sit out here and complain about that we're not in there. Can't we? It'd be easy to do, wouldn't it? But we're out here. Praise the Lord. Amen? Praise the Lord. We got this book sitting right here in front of us, and most of us have a copy of it in our hands. That's a wonderful blessing, folks. That's an amazing blessing. That's an extraordinary gift. We got to see ourselves as being gifted by God. We have been connected to him so that we can be conduits of his grace. Then, number three, is we must be a grateful people. Once we realize we're a gifted people, now we must be a grateful people. Now's where the thanksgiving comes in. Lord, you have connected me to you. You are the source of all things good. Everything good in my life is because of you. And you are the one that connected me through your own son's sacrifice. So I will bring forth my sacrifices of praise to you all of the time. I will give you my sacrifices of thanksgiving. I will, I will present to you all of my thanks for what you have done in connecting me to you. Everything that God does and has done and continues to do is meant to press us into a thankful heart. And listen to me, folks. True thanksgiving is not tested when things are going well. True thanksgiving is tested when things are going out of control. True thanksgiving is tested in 2020, right? It is. 2020 is the test of our thankfulness to God. I mean, most of us are like, Lord... I can't wait to get out of 2020, right? I don't know about you, but I have never said, Lord, thank you for 2020. I'm starting to think that I need to. 2020 was necessary for our country, necessary for us as a church, necessary for us as an individual, for some way and for some reason that I may never understand. But I can tell you this, I serve a God who is in control, and I serve a God who never does anything that doesn't have a purpose. And he's always good, every time. We've got to see that. Be, see that we're connected to the one. See that we've been gifted and blessed. And then begin to be thankful for what we have been given. All good is a free gift from God. We haven't earned anything. We don't deserve anything good. We must recognize that God has given us these amazing gifts because he likes us. 
And I use that word because love us is sometimes miss. I like the word, he likes us. God likes us. And he loves us too. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, already quoted to you, give thanks in every circumstance for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Listen to what 1 Corinthians 4.7 says. For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? What do you have that was not gifted to you? And if then you received it, or if then you were gifted it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Or why do you boast as if you did not have it gifted to you? In other words, if everything good in your life is a gift from God, why do you boast as if you earned it? Thankfulness. So we become a grateful people. We have a generous provider. We recognize that we're a gifted people. We become a grateful people. And number four is we then become a giving people. Now, and, and I'm not going to read it, but you guys can look it over. It's very, very clear in this text that God blesses people so that they can bless other people. What you're doing is, is you're taking the gifts that God has given you that make you say thank you, Right? You're taking the gifts that God has given you that make you say thankful and you're giving them to somebody else that may be lost. The Bible says in Matthew chapter number 5 that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We're meant to be conduits. God has blessed us so that we can bless other people. 2 Corinthians chapter number 1, the same book, 2 Corinthians chapter number 1 says, everything that we go through is so that we can bless somebody else who's going through the same thing. It's Bible. We have been gifted so that we can be thankful, so that we can then gift other people with what we have been gifted, and ultimately what happens? What happens? Who, what happens to the people who have been gifted? They become what? They become thankful. They become gifted, they become thankful. So what you're doing is, is you're creating a cycle. You're blessed by God. You are thankful for being blessed by God. You then see yourself as one who is meant. Your purpose is not necessarily as much just to gift other people, but your purpose is to create greater thanksgiving to God by gifting other people. You're ultimately doing it for whom? You're ultimately doing it for God. You share what God has given you with other people so that they will become thankful for what they have been blessed with. The Bible says in Psalm 23 and verse 5, you're familiar with it, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup, overflows, right? You know who my cup overflows onto? My cup underflows, overflows onto Mr. Saucer. And then if Mr. Saucer overflows, Mr. Table gets it a little bit. That's what we're meant to be. We're meant to be people that God has come to live within and we become, we become springs of living water in the world around us. So we become giving people. The Bible tells us in Acts 20 that it's more blessed to give than to receive, isn't it? 
Jesus, in describing his marvelous grace, 2 Corinthians 8, 9, he says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. Do you know what 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9 is all about? It's about an example to you and me about how giving we should be. That's what it is. It's Jesus set up as an example of somebody who had everything. He lived up in heaven. He had everything from eternity. And he put it all aside to come so that he could bless us. Doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? But that verse is meant to motivate you and me to make those same type of sacrifices to feed into other people's lives so that they might be thankful for what your Father in heaven has done for you. The last thought this morning so that you can create this cycle in your life of thanksgiving is simply this. We must be a glorifying people. So here's the thing, and it says it here in our text. He says, um, by their approval of the service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ. So so let me give it to you, this last thought. The last thought is simple. When you bless somebody else, you have to make sure that you point to the one who has blessed you. You have to be a glorifying person. In other words, don't let people's praise stop with you. You're just a conduit. When somebody says thank you for a gift, you tell them why you gave them that gift. And you make sure that Jesus Christ gets credit for it. The goal is not that you be glorified for the gifts that God has given you. The goal is is that you have received gifts, you minister gifts, so that they might glorify your Father who is in heaven. Sometimes we are Christian, and I think it's great. I, I, I believe this is, this is important for us to do. We, we are Christians in our giving, but when it comes to our connecting our giving to Christ, we're not as much Christians. Why do we give to people? Think about it for a moment. Why do we give to people? Because Christ has given to us, right? Why not tell them that? When somebody says, thank you, for, thank you for that wonderful gift, you say, you know something? Jesus gave me a gift like that one day, and I really just wanted to share that with you. I know that's, you say, that's weird, Pastor John. <laughs> that's, but, that's, but that's what we're called to do. We connect, our, we connect all of our blessing to the source, and we make sure that other people know where that source is coming from, because then they know that they can have the same thing in Christ. We have to become a glorifying people. This is what the Great Commission is. As you're going into the world, make disciples of all people. You're connecting them to God. You're not connecting them to you. You're connecting them to God. And you're doing it by showing them what God has done for you. So what you're doing is, I don't know how to be more simpler. It's when God does, blesses you, you want to bless other people with the same blessing so that they will be connected there. Christianity is a great tool for connecting people here. People like it when you give things to them and things like that, but that's not the purpose of our giving. The purpose of our giving is to connect people to Christ. John 3 and verse 30 says, He, John the Baptist speaking, says, He must increase, but I must decrease. Everything that John the Baptist did was meant to point people to Christ. Matter of fact, John the Baptist was this crazy guy so that Christ would get all the glory. I mean, he was totally un. Uh, presentable, as, as you see in scriptures, so that Christ would get all the glory. 
So 2 Corinthians gives us this cycle, what we can do to, to uh, have thankfulness and to create thankfulness in our families, in our churches, in our homes, in our communities, to create an attitude of thankfulness in all of these areas. And it boils down to these things. Remember, first of all, you must be born again. You've got to be saved. You've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You have to learn to be submitted to God's Spirit in order to be thankful, especially in difficult circumstances. You have to learn to be grateful yourself for all that God has given you and for who God is in your life. You have to learn to be vocally and visibly thankful for what God has done for you. Let people see that you're a thankful person, a positive person for what things. I mean, of all people, we should be most hopeful and most thankful. We have to be a giving people. We have to minister what we're thankful for to other people. Take what you're thankful for and give it away. And then, okay, think about that. You know, don't, don't be overboard on that. On that one, okay, don't, don't take that one to the extreme. You get the idea. Be a conduit of the blessings that God has given you. You might be thankful for your wife, but you don't want to give her to somebody else, right? So don't take that one to the extreme. Just kind of stick to the basics on that one. <laughs> Administer the blessing that God has given you to other people. You guys get it. And then lastly, be glorifying. Always be praising God for what he has done. And when people thank you for what you have done for them, just make sure to connect them to the source. Make sure to connect them to the one who has blessed you and made it possible for you to be a blessing to them. Even in the trials of life, honestly, when, some, when you're able to bless somebody who's going through a trial that you used to go through, um, there's something to be said for God got me through it. And now I'm here to help you get through it. Something to be said for that. So hope that's helpful for you this morning um, as you go into this Thanksgiving season. And we pray that everybody has a good Thanksgiving and we can just start this process in our own hearts and then in our families and then in our church and then in our culture. And, and maybe one day California will be a thankful place. Amen. Let's pray together. Thank you so much, Lord, for this time together. We love you and um, we're thankful, thankful for who you are and for all that you've done for us that, um, Lord, forgive us for when we do complain and murmur, don't see clearly the glories that um, you show and don't see clearly the blessings that you are um, presenting and don't see clearly the future that you have planned and don't see clearly the purposes that you have orchestrated and Forgive us for that. Help us to be thankful in every way, in every situation, in every circumstance because we are a reflection, Lord God, of how good you are. Please be with us as we go home today. Bless this week and um, may it be a special time of thankfulness towards you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.